Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a few moments, 70%, 70% of Fargo teachers say they are fearful while they are in the classroom. And just wait to hear some of the shocking stories that were released today. Stick around for that. We start tonight, though, with President Trump's new immigration plan he released today from the Rose Garden. And I got to tell you, folks, I wish, I wish our show was an hour. I would play his entire speech for you tonight because it was that good. It is a big, beautiful, bold immigration plan. You know, we talk a lot about in the show about making America great again. Obviously, that's President Trump's, you know, mega tagline and whatnot. And so the simple sort of theoretical example, the easy way to look at what he's talking about today from the Rose Garden is if you and I were going to go out and build a business together or a championship uh, athletic team, are you going to go out there and recruit just any Tom, Dick, or Harry that can fog a mirror? Of course not. There's no way you're going to do that. And yet, that's what our immigration laws are having happen right here in America. We're basically just saying, hey, anyone that wants to come in, as long as you've got some familial tie. Or the worst one is this visa lottery program we've talked about. Think about this. We are allowing people into this country based on a lottery. <laughs> they just pick a, pick a number, and then they end up coming to the greatest country on the planet. Think of it this way for a moment. Let's say that if you're a Vikings fan, Packers fan, whatever, but the Vikings, okay, they, they go out, they have this lottery across the entire country. Remember, they're limited to 53 players. And so they've got this lottery and they have to go pick a person out of a lottery that they have to put as one of their 53 final roster players. Anybody out there who's an actual Vikings fan, a proponent of that, there's no way you would go bonkers if you said, okay, Vikes, here's the deal. You've got to go just pick some random person off the street, and that's you're going to have to pay as one of your final 53. Never happened. And that's what we're trying to change here right now with President Trump's plan we're going to get to in a moment. As I've said many times in this show, I am very much pro-immigration. Hey, let's have them come in. Let's have a big, beautiful door. Let's just make it legal, and let's make sure we're bringing in the absolute best people into our country. I think we all can agree competition is a great thing. I'm going to play some clips for you tonight from President Trump's uh, speech. Also, we've got a clip of Nancy Pelosi. That will show you the distinction between the way the Republicans see the world and the way Democrats see the world. Again, he had such great stuff to say. I wish I could play the whole thing. Because it was so good, some of these clips tonight, a little bit longer than normal, but I want to give you a full kind of taste of what took place today in the Rose Garden. Here's President Trump with some of what he had to say earlier today. These green card holders get lifetime authorization to live and work here and a five-year path to American citizenship. This is the most prized citizenship anywhere in the world by far. Currently, 66% of legal immigrants come here on the basis of random chance. They're admitted solely because they have a relative in the United States, and it doesn't really matter who that relative is. Another 21% of immigrants are issued either by random lottery or because they're fortunate enough to be selected for humanitarian relief. Random selection is contrary to American values and blocks out many qualified potential immigrants from around the world who have much to contribute. While countless, and you wouldn't believe how many countries like Canada, 
create a clear path for top talent. America does not. Under the senseless rules of the current system, we're not able to give preference to a doctor, a researcher, a student who graduated number one in his class from the finest colleges in the world. Anybody, we're not able to take care of it. We're not able to make those incredible breakthroughs. If somebody graduates top of their class from the best college, sorry, go back to your country. We want to keep them here. Companies are moving offices to other countries because our immigration rules prevent them from retaining highly skilled and even, if I might, totally brilliant people. We discriminate against genius. We discriminate against brilliance. We won't anymore once we get this passed, and we hope to get it passed as soon as possible. <laughs> we discriminate against genius. <laughs> we discriminate against brilliance. I mean, he is so right, but it, when you actually hear that, you go, what? Well, who, whoever thought it was a good idea to discriminate against genius, right? Also, he's come up with now a sort of a merit-based point system. Again, merit Based. If you're going to go out and draft somebody for your NFL team, you're going to be looking at 40-yard dash time, standing long jump, shuttle, all kinds of different metrics because that determines their merit, their ability to go out there and perform. So here's some of what President Trump is going to include in this new merit-based system. We will replace the existing green card categories with a new visa, the Build America visa, which is what we all want to hear. Like Canada and so many other modern countries, we create an easy-to-navigate points-based selection system. You will get more points for being a younger worker, meaning you will contribute more to our social safety net. You will get more points for having a valuable skill, an offer of employment, an advanced education, or a plan to create jobs. Folks, I love it. You look at a place like Stanford, they're going to look at your GPA, your ACT, your SAT. It's a merit-based program because, again, competition is good for everybody. We want people that are outstanding here in our country to make America great again. Unless, of course, you're Speaker Pelosi. This is her response to having a merit-based immigration system. Uh, but I want to just say something about the word that they use, merit. It is really a condescending word. Are they saying family is without merit? Are they saying most of the people who have ever come to the United States in the history of our country are without merit because they don't have an engineering degree? Merit is a condescending word. I mean, folks, that's the distinction. You know Speaker Pelosi, many people that are progressive are thinking, oh, yeah, let's do the old participation award. Good job, Johnny. You showed up. Here you go. Here's a trophy. That's not how you make America great again, folks. You know it, and I know it. So 
Would love to know your point of view on what President Trump proposed today with his merit-based immigration system. All right, we've been hearing a lot lately about the violence that is taking place, specifically in Fargo schools and that the Fargo teachers face, sounds like on a daily basis. I mean, some of the stories I'm going to share with you in a moment are absolutely stunning. So earlier today, I sat down with the president-elect of the Fargo Education Association, uh, David Marquardt. Today, the Fargo Education Association put out a press release with, again, their poll results showing that 7 out of 10 teachers either feel intimidated or fearful when they walk in to their school. To me, that is just an absolutely stunning poll. One of the things they did today as well is they included some anecdotal stories from some teachers about their experience being at the school, being in the classroom. There's several of them in this press release. I want to share with you just two of them tonight to give you an idea. Because I want you to imagine for a moment you're a teacher you're doing your calling. This is a profession you feel like you've been called to do. You're going to go in and teach the most valuable resource on our planet, our kids. And yet here's what some teachers are having to say. If we can bring this up, please. One says, I've been bitten, spit on, choked, hit on all areas of my body, slapped, pushed, said they would kill me in detail. We get called derogatory names, swore on a daily basis. I've had chairs thrown at me, all items in a classroom, food, pencils, rulers, broken equipment, desks, tables. My friends have received concussions broken foot, fractured arms. We live in fear from the moment we walk into the building. To me, folks, that is stunning and sad. I've got one more I want to share with you as well. This person says, I've been called every name in the book by students in the past. One year when I was pregnant, I had a student threaten to beat, kick, and burn my unborn baby. I did miscarry that year. Joining us tonight, the president-elect of the Fargo Education Association, David Marquardt. David, first off, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for putting this out. I read that, and I almost have tears come to my eyes. I mean, it's just help me understand what in the world is going on in the, in the schools today. Yeah, we're just, um, <clears throat> it's a changing world, I guess, and what we're concerned mostly about are the safety of the students in general because um, truly our workplace that we're getting these things happen to us, the students are there with us as well. So we really want to, you know, find a solution to make sure all the kids are safe, the teachers, the parents, everybody involved in the district is safe. But, but this seems to be a pervasive challenge. Dr. Schatz, that it's the number one most important thing happening across our dual school district right now. Mm -hmm. This isn't new. It's been going on for a while. What, why isn't this thing being alleviated or mitigated or changed faster? Well, I think the biggest thing is it's been happening so quickly. It came on kind of quicker than we expected. I think we never expected these kind of results, obviously. But um, I think it changed so quickly. We weren't prepared for that. And um, we're looking for solutions, I think, nationwide, not just in Fargo. But it's been, um, we're, we're just looking to see what can we do to prevent this from happening again and, and every day. I know this is part of your negotiations I'm going to get to in a moment. But you say, hey, this happened so quickly. Help me understand that because what's what's at the root of this happening do you think but that's what we're trying to figure out i mean like we brought this issue three years ago to negotiations and so we, are, we we don't this has been going on for some time and we really were trying to get language and trying to get help from the teacher side involved in you know and so um we're just i don't know we don't really know what the root of it is um if it's mental illness if it's if it's just the you know behavior at home for um we don't really know do you think the teachers need more flexibility to 
maybe be a little bit more stern, lay down the rules. What I'm hearing from some people is right now teachers just feel like they're almost handcuffed because they can't really do much in the classroom. Right. When we surveyed our members, which was about 800 responded to this, the biggest thing was there's really no set procedures, uh, no set plan for students to come back in the classroom if something like that happens or if something does happen what's the process to that student if it does so I think we are really focused now is to get procedures in place that are consistent that are across the district and there is something well there is a plan if this does happen I spoke to uh, someone at North Dakota United today and they said Chris I couldn't believe the number of responses they got like we'll put out a poll or ask for we get hardly any. you guys got almost I think it was close to 100 percent is the way he made it sound what was the most stunning thing to you that came out of the survey I think the results, the, what you just read today, you know, we, we knew it was happening, we knew some of those stories, but there were, we had 800 and, or 796 people respond to the survey, which was amazing. And those stories are just, there's pages of them like that. And so that was our biggest concern. And that's why we we're bringing forward again negotiations for the safety that we have a voice in this, in this discussion and in, in ensuring it to have it in our contract. So help me what I miss, tell me what I'm missing, because I, I read these stories and I think, like I said, to me, being a teacher is a calling, you show up, you're dealing with you know, our most valuable asset, these young kids. I want my daughter to be safe in school. I want their teachers to feel safe in school. Why has this been such a tough sticking point in the negotiations? That's what we're kind of wondering as well. You know, right, right now we're at the point of just asking that we have in the contract that we have a say in what procedures are being coming forward, that if they do you know, create a, a process or a procedure, a policy that we have voice in it, uh, we're looking that if there's any training coming I don't mean to interrupt you, but I guess if I'm on the school board or if I'm an administrator, I'm not in the classroom and you're saying, hey, I want to have a, that just seems so obvious to me. So why is, why is that not being? Uh, well, we're not really sure. We started the safety committee this year, which was, I'm a part of as well, and there are teachers on there, but that's just we forward recommendations to the school board. And at this point, nothing's been in, introduced or made sure it's going to happen yet. So we don't know if, that, if our voice will come that way or not. So we just want to make sure that the safety committee continues, that we continue this process, we brainstorm and find solutions to this, to this issue. Um, and then also as well to um, <clears throat> just go off of the, we have voice in it. And so it's not just asking after it's all done. We're in the process of it as, as we go along, for, going forward. I want to share something with you. I think this is one of the negotiators for the school board. If I get his last name wrong, I apologize. But John Rodenbiker yes, um, said, this was from 2018. But he says, hey, we take this seriously, but we don't want to put anything into the contract until we know what will work. Uh, it seems like the, you know, egg or the, the chicken. I mean, how, how do you do that to right. find out what's going to work if it's not in a contract? Right. And and if we, sh we showed a slide last time and it came from the district itself that in the three years instances that have been um, attacking students, attacking other students or teachers has increased by 100 and some every year. It started at, you know, 500 or 400 and some. This year as of May 2nd, I think it was, it was 630 some instances this year alone that there's been some physical attack on students and, and, and teachers. So. so they haven't done anything up to this point. If Fargo continues to do nothing, what's your next plan of action? Well, we just need to just reinstate. I mean, I, I noticed at the last school board meeting, board members who are also negotiators had done some school visits and have now witnessed the same thing that we're talking about. So really hoping that they will, you know, reconsider what, what they've said so far and really just say, you know, we, we agree with you. We need you in this in this discussion. We need you there with us, and we want you there with us the whole way. So, but being in the discussion, still not in the contract. To me, this seems well, like a no-brainer to put in the contract. Well, saying that they will agree to our language and put in the contract. Got it. Last thing I want to ask you is, we had Representative Marvin Nelson on. He said, "Hey, look, one of the things that many teachers may not realize is that WSI doesn't do anything for PTSD. What some of these teachers are suggesting they're getting from." these incidents. Yes. So I asked him, hey, do you know of anybody that's considering a class action lawsuit against the school district? 
Has that crossed your mind? Have you thought about that at all? We have not. Um, if an incident happens, if there's an assault, we do encourage the, the teacher or whoever to file a charge or to assault that way. Um, but we haven't considered that at all. But we have had teachers already with PTSD identified by a, a professional and it's it's there it's real and so that's the biggest thing it, it's a physical hurt but it's also become a mental hurt to, to the staff and and what we want to do is encourage you know people to go into the profession because it's a great profession we love what we do and we want to make sure that the kids are safe we want to make sure they're getting the education they need all of them and so we really want to you know encourage people to continue to come into education and we don't want this to deter them away from it so how do then do people get coverage if they've got a ptsd but wsi doesn't cover it what, what do they do oh right now they're this Every teacher has to use any kind of sick leave they have to cover if they have to take a doctor appointment or go to you know therapy, those kind of things. It's, it's been a sick leave, and that's why we also asked for them to come out of their sick bank that we have already in our contract um, instead of using sick leave for that because it's really not a sick issue. Um, they just said no to that as well. So we really want to just, just finding ways so the teachers aren't hurt even more by, by losing sick leave or things if they do actually get sick for, you know, whatever may happen, so. Uh, I'm not in the classroom <clears throat> like you are, so anything else you want to share with our audience that I'm not asking you? No, I just thank you for the time. <clears throat> we appreciate that, and we just really want, you know, it's, it's, it's a community effort. It's going to be the parents, it's going to be the teachers, it's going to be the school board to get this solved, and so we really want everybody involved in it, and we just want our voice in the contract to, to prove that they want us there. I have one more question to really put this to people's dinner tables. I think some people say, hey, you know what, teachers, they chose that profession, you know, they, they, but, I, but the thing that many people I don't think realize is that if a teacher is uh, assaulted or whatnot, or that's taking place in the classroom, that's also impacting the person at home, their son or daughter's ability to get you know, a great education. Talk to us about the impact that is having on these other students as well that maybe aren't assaulting teachers, but yet they're missing out on some of their education. Absolutely, we did a when we surveyed the students or our teachers as well, we asked when you've ever had to leave your classroom, because if, if an episode happens, they clear the classroom out and leave the kid in the, in the classroom. And so other kids are losing that education time. And so it's, it's definitely hours missed because our students are outside of the classroom. They're not getting the education they are expecting to be getting as they grow, you know, grow old as well. And so that's one of our concerns. You know, like we said before, the environment is not just the teacher environment, it's the student environment. We just got to keep it safe for everybody involved in it. And I sift with you, and I don't know how old you are, but I just, I do not remember this growing up. And it's just stunning to hear what mm -hmm. you're sharing. So thank you for doing this. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Look forward to having you back. All right.